Well, just over an hour ago, the federal government releasing its latest COVID-19 modeling. In the big headline, Canada's COVID cases growing slower than many developed countries. Here's our chief medical officer, Dr. Teresa Tam. Have a listen. The predicted number of COVID-19 cases could be in the range of 53,000 to 67,000 cases by May the 5th. The predicted number of deaths due to COVID-19 could be in the range of 3,300 to 3,900 by May the 5th. Right now, we are seeing the tragic paradox of the epidemic playing out. As the epidemic comes under control and the growth of cases slows, the severe outcomes and deaths continue to accrue as COVID-19 takes a heavy toll among highly susceptible populations. All right, let's welcome in Dr. Adam Kassam. He is a Toronto-based doctor and public health specialist, and he joins us once again here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Dr. Kassam, good afternoon. All right, we're having trouble uh, getting the phone lines up. Okay, we'll uh, just uh, take a second here and see if we can uh, get the doctor uh, online here. Okay, we do have him now. All right, Dr. Kassam, good afternoon. Hey, good to see, good to be back. Uh, how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. All right, once again, we are seeing, it, it appears anyways, the fruits of our labor. What do you make of the numbers released by the federal government this afternoon? Is this proof that distancing and isolation, that it's working? I think it's absolutely an, an, an indication that our distancing measures have been very effect, effective. I think that, of course, there is some promise with the numbers that Dr. Tam uh, just outlined for your readers and for uh, Canada writ large. Um, I think that, you know, once again, we're still very early on in this, but these these trends are are reassuring. And once again, I think what's important for your read, uh, for your listeners to understand is that these numbers once again represent two weeks of a lag. And so, yes, what we did two weeks ago is def- definitely a demonstration of improvement. And hopefully, over the course of the following sub- you know subsequent weeks, we're going to continue to see that improvement even uh, even even moving forward. Okay, so you believe that we're past our peak then, perhaps? I mean, I know you don't have a crystal ball, that you're not, you know, a futurist or a soothsayer or anything, but is the feeling then that we have probably at this point flattened the curve? It's hard to know, actually, Jeff. I think that there are several regional epidemics, right? So I think that if you look at places like PEI or Northwest Territories, they've been flat for quite some time. Uh, Ontario, Alberta, and Quebec, which I think represent the uh, the most amount of growth that we're still seeing uh, in our populations, I think that we're we're still in that in that peak window. And I'm not sure if we're necessarily over that downslope right now, but I, I certainly think that uh, the measures are um, that are that have been in, in, in place are working. I want to ask you about something Dr. Tam said in her remarks, and you just heard some of them that we played back there, this paradox that as the epidemic comes under control and as the case levels decrease, those that are the most at risk continue to be vulnerable. Is that our biggest concern moving forward, do you think, Dr. Kassoff? I think so. And, and when you're looking at uh, how COVID is playing out, I think that there are probably two storylines that uh, are important to, to, to understand. The first is that there are, um, you know, the, the community spread numbers that, that are reassuring right now. And, and that, of course, is easy to perhaps um, hang your hat on if, if, if our distancing measures uh, continue to be enforced. But, of course, one of the other storylines that uh, continues to be problematic and, re- and, and somewhat concerning is uh, the long-term care facilities and our seniors' homes, right? And so, I think that the majority of cases in terms of deaths from COVID, I think on the, or on the order of about 79 to 80% countrywide come from um, those, those sectors. And so I think that there is still a grave concern that uh, we still don't have a good handle on it uh, in those areas. 
All right. So having said that, how important is it to maintain distancing and isolation measures to protect those people and prevent perhaps future waves? It's really, really, really important. And as you alluded to just now, you know, there is an expectation that a second or third or even fourth wave could be coming down the pipeline. And I think other jurisdictions around the world have seen that. So I'm thinking about places like Singapore or Japan. And we need to very carefully move forward. And I know that the premier just announced some of his um, uh, some of the pathways for reopening the economy. Uh, but you know we have to be very careful about how that is uh, tempered with any spikes that we might see as a result of reopening or a second wave. So with that in mind, how important will testing be moving forward? Testing is crucial. Uh, testing has been crucial this whole this whole time, and uh, I think that we still need to uh, ramp up our testing capacity. I think that that means uh, being able to to have testing not only in, of course, vulnerable um, for vulnerable populations, whether that's uh, congregate living areas like shelters or correctional facilities, where we know that uh, you know the risk of spread is quite large, but also in LTC and seniors' homes, and also within the community. I think in an ideal world, you'd be able to test everyone and do perfect contact tracing. And I think that this goes back to the fact that there are shortages of testing kits, of reagents, of swabs that um, that preclude our ability to get to the point that we want to be able to get to. Yeah. How much testing is enough? We're up to roughly 12,500 a day in the province, which is up considerably from where we started. I saw a map uh, yesterday per capita. We were doing much better at Canada's as a whole than the U.S., but we are behind per capita of some other nations who have really been able to flatten the curve. Yeah, so I think as you know, if we can get that per, uh, percentage per capita as high as possible, that's going to really pretend a really good outcome for us because especially with the reintroduction of um, you know services and perhaps you know um, uh, reopening of, uh, of of non-essential services uh, including things like um, elective surgeries and, and, and other procedures we're going to have to be very mindful of how we we trace we um, uh, we test so that uh, any of these openings of our economies can be can be carefully thought about uh, in that way. I think that, for example, if it, 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 testing is so important to be able to know where we're, where we're at, and 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 that's going to be so so crucial with uh, the reopening of the economy. Joined by Dr. Adam Kassam, you mentioned tracing a couple of times. Let's talk about that a bit. Uh, what about contact tracing? For those that don't know, uh, what exactly does that look like, Doctor? Yeah. So if someone who is let's say tested who has tested positive for COVID, um, has interacted with other members of the community, whether it's their family members, whether it's um, their coworkers, or even, let's say, at a, at a grocery store, uh, it's important that our public health units are able to trace all of those potential contacts because those are potential now, um, th- those individuals are now potential vectors if they were, uh, if, if they were transmitted uh, the disease. And so uh, it's not only about isolating the individual that's tested positive, but potentially any of the individuals that he or she interacted with that may also now have the uh, have the virus. And how do we do that exactly? If somebody tests positive, do we ask them where they've been over the last couple of days or week, or do you go back to their smartphone and tap into the GPS and see just precisely where they've been? It's a good question, Jeff. I think right now the way that most public health units, in, at least Ontario and Canada, are approaching this very complex problem is uh, relying on sort of a personal history of remembering where that individual was. And let's say they were at a grocery store or a shopper's drug mart, for example, they uh, perhaps made a purchase. And in, in, in the time frame, you could you could go back and see who, whoever else was in the was in the store and making a purchase at that time. And then those people would be contacted. I think other jurisdictions around the world are using GPS uh, tracking as a as a uh, as a methodology. And I 
I don't, you know, we haven't gotten to that point. I'm not even sure if that has been a sort of an open discussion within the public health unit uh, infrastructure, but certainly a reliance on, on one's own history and, and remembrance of that situation can be, as you can probably, you know, forecast somewhat problematic if you don't remember where you were. All right, just finally, after the release of this latest modeling from the federal government, do we have sort of what could be a timetable or a timeline as to when some of these public health measures, distancing, isolation might be eased? Hard to say, Jeff. I think that uh, everyone is uh, hanging their hat on a vaccine, and that obviously is not not going to be around for quite some time. And so I think that if you're looking at um, other jurisdictions, so China, for example, uh, opened its economy when they had uh, uh, two weeks of single-digit declines in the number of deaths that they had from COVID. And so what, what, what is li- very likely to be the case, at least across the country here, is that certain jurisdictions are going to open up sooner than, than, uh, than others. And so probably places like Saskatchewan are going to be opening up much sooner than places like in Ontario. So I would say we're probably at least um, um, perhaps a month away for, from any major movement on that area. And important to note, after three days of declines, we are up 100 cases in the province of Ontario today. Dr. Kassam, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jeff. Take care.